coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. AO. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D, and we've got a great show for you tonight. The New York Rangers are hot. The Warriors are headed south. And the college football playoff has sparked uh, quite the debate. But we'll begin today's show with the winter baseball meetings. And we've got a trade that's imminent. It appears that Juan Soto and Trent Grissom will be making their way to the Bronx for about six players, six prospects, mostly pitchers. Uh, you know, the Padres were were looking to cut bait with Soto. It just wasn't working out there. Um, there were a number of teams that were interested, but the Yankees seem to have their guy now. There's no talk about an extension. This is a one-year rental. This is he's going to come to the Bronx and maybe have an Aaron Judge-type season and look to sign a long-term deal with the Yankees or another suitor. But, Z, this is a splash. I tried to downplay it when you texted me, but the more I think about it and the more I look at it, this could be a big deal for the Bronx Bombers. I mean, it's a Bronx bombshell. Plain and simple. You know? You're getting this, you couple this with the Alex Verdugo trade that we're going to talk right. about later. Yeah. And the Yankees have completely remade their lineup and they've completely remade their outfield, which was the drizzling shits last year. Yeah. Right? Willie Calhoun, Billy McKinney, Esteban Florial, the immortal Jake Bowers. Those guys aren't getting burned on this team, right? They're not, they're gone. They're gone. They don't need them anymore. Like Brian Cashman, you know, does does not need to rely on quadruple A outfielders to fill these roles because you're bringing in Juan Soto, who is a, a three-time All Star, World Series winner, mm-hmm. he's got a batting title. Like yeah. he's you know, he's a guy. He's definitely a stud player. Now, yeah. to fill out the, the depth, you bring in a Trent Grisham, who's yeah. good in small doses. He's not a guy that you can necessarily rely on to be a long-term cog. I mean, look, last year, right? He hit 198. Popped 13 homers. 15 steals. 50 ribby. That's kind of who he is, you know? He he's a a good like back end kind of guy. Like that's what you're getting from Trent Grisham. He'll spell any of these three guys defensively, or he'll give them a blow if they need a day off. And it's really it's a coup that the Yankees were able to pull this off for the reported haul that they're giving up. So, well, he, I mean, I mean, he's listen. He's 26 years old. Yeah, he's he's a champion. Um, he's gonna he's gonna adapt to the Bronx very well. Mm-hmm. You're you're putting him, 
either before or after Judge. So you're going to have the righty lefty or lefty righty, right? Yep. And you're going to have Verdugo, lefty. You're going to have, assuming Rizzo comes back, lefty. So the lineup is definitely shaping out really well. The only issue I have, and this is a guy who led the National League in walks last year. That's surprising, mm-hmm. too. That's a, That's very impressive. It's not an issue, but, you know, I'm pretty sure he's represented by Scott Boris. And he he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. So, you know, the question becomes, is this, is this a disaster if you're unable to re-sign this man? It would be a disaster if you gave up your Dominguez's, your Pereira's, your Peraza's, if you gave up the top shelf prospects and then couldn't close the deal, you're looking at Michael King, who's good. Like, Michael King has proven his worth, right? He'll slot in kind of where Seth Lugo was, now that Seth Lugo's no longer with the Padres. He'll be like a 3-4, somewhere in there, unless they want to use him out of the bullpen where he's even better. I really like King out of the bullpen, but apparently I'm in the minority. The Yankees really like his stuff out of the rotation. I think you're Jabba Chamberlain. You you Jabba Chamberlain this kid. He could have. He's a more prolific reliever, and you're stretching him out for what? Uh, Randy Vasquez, who I we saw last year. Johnny Brito, who we saw last year. Drew Thorpe, who is the only like real prospect in here. And Kyle Higashioka. That's what's going back the other way. Yeah, yeah. Higashioka so so your... was was a big deal, but the good thing is, is like Soto Soto plays, man. He don't he doesn't really get hurt. Like no. he he plays a lot. Um, now, so what that... do you do? What do you do with Giancarlo Stanton? Now is the question. Like you now, you have Verdugo, you have Judge, you have Soto, or you will have Soto. You'll have Grisham. Those guys are going to need days off too. So you're going to have. How are you going to integrate? You don't really have to. You don't have Rizzo a day off. You're going to need to give Lemayhu a day off. These guys are older. Yeah, you're not going to have to worry because Stanton's going to get hurt. (laughs) You just knock. It'll be. It's he's going to get hurt. So I would assume that. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I would assume Judge is going to move to center, right? That's the idea. And then, I don't, and then, I, don't know I would assume Soto is going to play right, and Verdugo is going to play left. Yeah, that's, that's just like, yeah, that's how I would look at it. That's the presumed. It's just interesting that the I heard Boone say that you know they were eyeing Verdugo for a while because he plays with an edge. It's just odd to me that you would go after a guy who plays in your division that, you know, they've got the book on him. Like they've got the book on Verdugo. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to, do you think, you think his best years are ahead of him? You know, I mean, if Boston soured on him or did, or did Boston just want to dump salary to try to get Otani? A combination of the two. Yeah. If you think about it, because he's also got a rep in Boston and he was benched multiple times by Alex Cora for not hustling. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. he's he's got an attitude. He's yeah. he's. Which is, I mean, which, Boone that's why says it, Boone, I mean, Boone says it's an edge. It's more like he's an asshole. Like you know, <laughs> it's just that's what it is. You know, he's no, a, totally. He's, 
So I don't, I mean, listen, I, I, when we first talked about it earlier in the day, I thought it was, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was actually a waste of time, honestly. But then when I looked at his numbers and I thought about him playing in that lineup and I thought about what he's going to bring defensively, I was like, okay, no, this, this is going to be good for the Yankees. And then I was just like, wait a minute. If they don't re-sign him, was this a waste of time? And and like you said, it's not because they really didn't give up much. I mean, someone going after the Yankees farm system is clearly not doing their homework because that's just, <laughs> that's that's just uh, that's a poor prank, honestly. You know, it's well, just like that. Think about that from the Padres' perspective, though. They went out. They went all in on this, right? They, yeah. They not they only did they go all in on this, but from what I heard from my sources, was for the other teams looking for Soto, they didn't want as many prospects as they did from the New York Yankees. Is that a little odd? As they wanted finances. six prospects from the Yankees, but they only wanted three from every other team. So I'm guessing that they're taking six lesser end prospects. They're going quantity over quality because they know the Yankees can absorb the money. Yeah, a, a, a person told me it was more of they knew the Yankees were desperate and they could get more out of the Yankees because they needed this. Yeah, but there did, they wasn't the, a, yeah. did they get the best out of the Yankees, though? Like, if I got you over the barrel, right? Yeah, if I, if I, I don't know that. Leverage, I want the sun, the moon, and the stars. Yeah, I don't know. That I don't know. That I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do over in San Diego because what they just did you know, was kind of a lost season. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook, Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it. Available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Speaking of not not knowing what's going on, <clears throat> the uh, the college football playoff is set. Z on Alabama really ruined everything for everybody by beating Georgia over the weekend because they knocked Georgia out of the playoff who had won 29 straight games and was pretty much the number one team in America for all of the college football season. The final rankings, here we have it. It's Michigan at number one, Washington at number two, Texas at number three, and Alabama at four. This was the debate on Sunday. This was a debate on Monday. This was a debate yesterday so z how are you ordering it up and what did you think of this committee selections oh well let's see here texas beat alabama head to head early in the so, season early in season doesn't matter win's a win well a win's well a, no, a win well is a win well i mean well florida is also undefeated so well let's get let's get there Okay. Right, let's let's get there. All right. All right. A win is a win. A win is so a win. Texas, win, Texas, yes. Head to head, win is a win. Okay. All right. So, so Texas. you're looking at that. Texas is in. 
Okay. Florida State is undefeated. Okay. Washington has the number one passing attack in the country, and they're also undefeated. And Michigan, despite all of their transgressions this year, particularly their coach, they are not just undefeated. They're just they're beating the doors off of people. So they have to be in. If you're looking at this from a standpoint, like the odd man out is Alabama. Because I would say that the three undefeated teams are one through three. Mm-hmm. Right? The three undefeated teams, because they're undefeated. Okay. And now you're splitting... You know, you're splitting hairs, you're picking nits between the Texas Longhorns and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, now, okay. for me, the head-to-head makes a difference. Right? You, it's a, a win is a win. They knocked off Alabama, so Alabama's out, in my opinion. Plus, if you look at the statistics, if you look at what's going on, Texas, statistically, is a better team than Alabama. So, even though they're an SEC team... And, oh, it'll be a travesty if the SEC isn't represent. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Bull roar. Bullshit. Horse hockey. Horse hockey. Lest we forget the ACC is a Power 5 conference. And lest we forget that a team from the ACC has won the national championship in recent history, that being the Clemson Tigers. So... The way I see it, Texas at four, you penalize Florida State a little bit because they don't have their quarterback. Okay, Jordan Travis is not, he's not there. So they're still undefeated. However, they're not as good as the other two, Washington or Michigan. Like J.J. McCarthy's playing great. Michael Penix Jr., he's in, I mean, he's in the final four for the Nash, for the Heisman. I got to put the way Michigan is killing teams, I got to put Michigan at one. I got to put Washington at two. Florida State at three and Texas at four. Okay. Like that, if that's how I'm going to rank them. Okay. And then let the chips fall where they may. Have that yeah. boss. But I got to yeah. say those four are the best of the bunch. Yeah, I actually can get on board with that. I never thought of it like that. That makes a lot of sense. Like, okay, yeah. Alabama beat Georgia. Georgia, you're out. But Texas beat Alabama, so Texas gets the four spot. I'm, I'm fair. I, I could get along board with that. CZ, my, my problem is with the committee is they looked at Florida State and they're like, oh, oh, you lost your quarterback. Oh, man. And you 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 were struggling to get first downs against Louisville. Ah, you only beat Louisville by 10. Oh, you're out. That, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. These guys, they won every, they beat everybody in front of them. They're in a power five conference. That was the whole purpose of this playoff, right? The purpose of this playoff was so that teams like TCU or, or, um, or Boise state or, or in this situation, Florida state, they get their say, they get a shot. Well, it's whether it's at number three or number four, how could you not let this team compete? How could you? Because they lost one player, and the backup would have been back for the the bowl game. He just got a concussion, and that's why he didn't play this past weekend. But come I mean, on, I got two. I got two words for you, Cardale Jones. 
You're telling me that a backup can't come in and win the whole fucking thing? That's a that's a very that's a I didn't I forgot all about that guy. That's that's a very valid point there. So my whole thing is like if it's a TV show, then what are we doing this for? Then what are we doing this for? Then let's then let's stop doing this. You guys pick whatever teams are at the end. It doesn't even matter what their records are. Just put whoever you want to see play because that's what you did here. That's what you did here. And and see, I'm gonna, I'm a little bit different than you because the other part is is like yeah, Alabama beat Georgia, but they also just barely beat Auburn. Like if Auburn's coach was was in was was a was a smarter football mind instead of letting the Alabama quarterback sit back on fourth and goal from the 30 and take all day to pass the ball. We're not even having this conversation because Alabama doesn't even get into the, the SEC championship game. Like, we're not even talking about this. And and let me wait a minute. They only beat Georgia by three on a neutral site when Georgia was down two of their best receivers. Like, listen, I I I, I understand that that Texas beat Alabama, but that was in the beginning of the season. A lot's changed since then, right? I mean, we found out what Alabama is. Al- that Alabama win is not that great if, when you think about it at the beginning of the season, and it, dimish- it diminishes what Alabama did against Georgia, in my opinion. So I, it, I think it's terrible because it doesn't. So it doesn't matter. And and you know what the crazy part about the Z is? Is next year when you move to twelve, right? It behooves you not to play the championship game, right? Because yeah. the championship game could ruin everything for you. You're playing an extra game where you could lose your quarterback or you could lose your running back. Like next year, it doesn't matter. One through 12 doesn't matter. All I got to do is get in. So I just got to be, I could be Texas or, or I could be Oregon and I still got a chance. It doesn't matter. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like that, they've, they're diminishing the value of a championship game by moving to 12 teams, right? Because how could you not say that everybody who plays in the championship game is going to make it into the college playoff with 12 teams? How could they not? You're right? absolutely right. No. How could they not? Right. So it doesn't really matter, right? It's, it's a pride thing. And we might even rest players, or we might not, we might not even show everything we got in the title game because the title game doesn't matter. What matters is that I get to the final I get to the final four teams. And at what so, point does this become like the NCAA tournament where we're talking about oh we have six SEC teams in here? Because yeah, there are there are sure. levels to this. There are levels to this. The SEC it's, it's, is head and shoulders above most conferences. So, but but this ACC year they weren't though, right? State? Though, but this year they weren't, right? This year the SEC was garbage, mm-hmm. and the Big Ten was garbage. The best division was the Pac-12, right? Which they is had no longer best, around. Which is no longer around, right? ACC yeah. was awful, right? So so here's how I scored it. I mean, Michigan's won, but to be honest with you. They they didn't look great against they didn't look great against um Iowa. Yeah, they shut them out, but I mean it's Iowa. Washington <laughs> at 2. Okay? Okay. Now, I'm with you on FSU at 3. I I think FSU gets 3. And Z, I to me Georgia still gets to be 4 because they get to defend their title and they were undefeated and the best team in the country all year 
And because Alabama beat them by three at, 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 at in a neutral site, they're out of the playoff altogether. Like I want to, I'd rather see Georgia there. I don't care that Alabama beat them. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't mean anything to me. That knocks them down three. It doesn't knock them down six, <laughs> right? I mean, no. I understand, and I, I appreciate your argument for Texas. I can get on board with Texas. I could also get on board with Alabama at four, but I can't get on board with FSU being out. That that just doesn't sit well with me. It shouldn't sit well with them, and it shouldn't sit well with any college football fan. No, it shouldn't. Absolutely not. This is the UCF incident all yeah. over again, except yeah. it's, it's a bigger school. Right. And right. the whole point of this was that it was supposed to eliminate right. exactly. stuff like this. This is supposed to eliminate happen. the BCS. This right. This this is there. There is, and they had, and FSU had quality wins. They had quality wins. I mean, you look Georgia. Georgia had a cupcake schedule. If you want to really talk about it, you really want to talk about it like that. We could. My my only defense for Georgia is they won last year. They should be able to defend their title, and they only lost by three. Out on neutral site, that 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 not that doesn't knock you out of the playoff. That knocks you down a couple pegs. Now, what would have happened if on the last play of the game the Alabama quarterback broke his wrist? Then what? Oh fuck! Oh, I don't know. Ugh. I don't know now. Now does that change? Because honestly, Z, I think it's unfair for Michigan to have to play Alabama. <laughs> I think it's unfair. I don't think it's fair. I actually think Alabama might be a better team than Michigan. What concerns me is that Congrats Michigan on going 12 and 0 and being number 1 in the country. Guess what? You get to play Alabama in the first college playoff game. Yeah, you get to play a thanks. You get to play a low-level NFL team. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Like so glad we worked so hard to get here. No, completely, and that's you know that's what you have to be concerned about because Alabama might be just peaking at the right time. Right, that's what you that's what you have to be concerned about. Like that's sure, but from the same standpoint, you know, the committee when putting this together, no doubt has last year stuck in their head, sixty-five to seven, and TCU not showing up. TCU because of TCU because of TCU. Yeah, now. The idea of best versus deserving. Now, I, I understand like the people who say that they're kind of still kind of stinging from that, and they want to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's why you're keeping Florida State out. I understand your argument. I disagree with your argument, but I understand where you're coming from. Logically, it makes sense to me because at the end of the day, these are TV shows. Right, and the last thing you want is for people to tune out in the second quarter because it's forty-eight nothing. But here's but here's the deal: is like they're not going to get like I don't think that in this situation this year, I don't think you'd have FSU beat Washington. I don't think FSU would beat Michigan. You understand? Like, I don't think they're going to make it to the championship game, but they've earned a right to be in the four. Yes. They've earned that right. Give them that much. 
you know, it's still going to be a good game. It's still, I think if they played Michigan, it would be a good game. I don't know if about if they played Washington. If they played Michigan, it'd be a good game. You know, it wouldn't be 67 to 5 or 67 to 7. It wouldn't be like that, but it'd be a good game. But they've earned it. That's the buying, and I get, I get, I get what you're saying about best versus deserving. But if you're gonna talk about best, then fuck the schedules, fuck the records, throw all that stuff out the window because that doesn't mean anything anymore. That's my, that's my only thing. If we're gonna go that route, if we're gonna talk about best, colleges should not make their schedule. I should, you know, you shouldn't be. Here's what I think. Here, I think we've talked about this on the show before. I yeah. think, I think they should be able to schedule their first six, but not their last seven. Like your first six games, you can you can pick out, you can hand pick them, and then based on the way everybody else is playing in the country, a committee will determine the next seven games or the next right. five games, the next six games. That way, that's more competitive, because. You know what? I want to see Alabama pay Texas in week eight. Right. I want to see Washington play FSU in week nine. I want to see Michigan play Washington in week 10. Like that eliminate. Then we find out who's really good. Yeah. Then we're really going to find out who the best teams are. Like stop doing the cupcakes all year round. And at the end of the season, let's have some meaningful games where we're, we're, we're not looking at your division. We're not looking at your conference. You're going to go play the best team in the country. Alabama's six and oh, you're six and oh, see you next Tuesday. One of you is not going to be six and oh anymore. That's all that solves the problem. That solves the problem completely. And then you just keep doing that. You just keep scheduling that all the way down until the end. Especially now, if you're going to move to this 12 team, where even if Alabama loses that game, it doesn't matter anymore, right? Because now we're going to have teams with multiple losses in the playoffs. Now it now you don't got to be perfect, which I think also is going to change the landscape of college football. Because now I don't have to go 12 and 0. I don't have to go 10 and 1 or 11 and 2. I don't have to. I just got to be a top 12 team. In fact, I could rest players. I could st- I could change things around now. I, it's going to be interesting the way it goes. But like we talked about before, I don't want to see the top twelve teams. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Maybe the top six, but maybe. But again, again, I don't want to. I don't need to see Oregon again. I know what they're about. I'm good. I'm good. Just, but that's I don't who, need- but that's who you're going to see. That's yeah. The problem. I know. I know, and, Te- and Texas. I mean, you got Texas in your four. That's fine. I don't need to see Texas play again. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad they turned it on towards the end of the year, and I'm glad they beat Alabama. That's great, but I'm good. Especially I'm with good. a season like this, you're going to see yeah, Ohio State. Okay. Oh, that's another team we'd have to see. We'd have to see that trash again. We'd have to we'd see have, that team play. We'd, we'd have, have to see, see Oregon. We'd have to, we're going to see garbage. I don't want to see garbage. You want to see Penn State again? No, that's another one. But miss but anyways, Oklahoma. Yeah, like these, yeah. These are who do you get this year? Yeah, we're gonna have to see this. Oh, I want to see it, and it's gonna go longer and longer. I don't want to deal with it. But now that championships week's over, the Heisman finalists have been announced. We have Bo Nix from Oregon, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, and Jaden Daniels from LSU. Uh, pretty cut and dry, Z. Who you got here? 
I mean, if you're looking for... I think we're going to be unanimous on this. I think we're going to be unanimous on this. I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I got to say, if you're looking at it from a statistical standpoint, you have to look at Jaden Daniels, and you have to say that this guy is head and shoulders above everybody else because of the number of turnovers that he has not committed, right? He's 40 touchdowns, four picks. Like, just as good. Now, he also has a 95.7 QBR. Best in the country. Right? Yeah, Bo Nix put up more yards. He has one fewer pick. But not as good. We yeah. saw in the in the big moments, what was he doing? Crying on the sideline. You know? <laughs> like he couldn't he couldn't get the job done in the big moment. Michael Penix Jr., another guy. Very good. Lefty. 42. Love the lefty. Always wanted a lefty, as the great Archie Manning once said. 33 touchdowns, 9 picks. The 9 picks takes you takes you out of contention. Yeah. And if you look at Marvin Harrison's number six. But he was playing in Pac-12. Give him some credit, man. I'll give him credit. He's the best player in a division that's no longer exists. <laughs> good, good for you. You're the last great player. Thanks for playing. Yeah. So you can close the door and turn out the lights on the way out. <laughs> and Marvin Harrison... 67 catches, 1,211 yards, 14 touchdowns for Ohio State. Okay, so you definitely, you know, when you take into account it's for Ohio State, sure. But those really are, I mean, the 14 touchdowns, yes. The other ones, eh, okay. I'm thinking about this moving forward. Like, that is, those are okay production numbers. Yeah. You know, not great. Like, I'm looking at these guys, right? These, your top four Heisman finalists are guys who project to play on Sunday. And Marvin Harrison Jr., those numbers, that'll get you maybe a num- as a number two receiver. So, for me, based on what we've seen, based on what they've done, I got to go personally with Jaden Daniels taking this one. Yeah, I'm with you, um, and I think he's going to be a decent pro. Uh, we've got uh, 6'4", 210. you got to imagine he's going to gain about 15 pounds, so he's probably going to be like 225, 6'4", 225. Uh, 38,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, Bo Nix, I mean, he was okay. Like I never, I didn't see him do anything that blew blew me away. Like, oh wow, we gotta have this guy, or you know, I want to watch him play, you know. But Jaden Daniels was must must see TV. I do like Penix Jr. and I could get on board with that because, especially, I mean, it's a regular season thing, right? But yes. I mean, his team is number two in the country. They've got the potential to win the national championship. I think you mentioned they're they're the best passing best passing team in college football this year so i I can't get mad at him if he were to win that would be that would be nice um marvin harrison jr i mean he's playing for ohio state you know he i know it sounds weird he kind of reminded me of san antonio holmes like you know that's what he reminded of me he reminded me of san antonio holmes this season just in his ability to get open get the ball score but that to me that wasn't like a worthwhile 
you know, Heisman thing. I mean, it, he he's good. He's, he's so you just he, think they needed a fourth? So they just no. I think it's fine that he got nominated. I just don't think he could win it. I don't think he's. I don't think it was like Randy Moss status. When I think about other wide receivers that were finalists or Larry Fitzgerald or anything like that, he was he's good. He's good. He played in a team with a lot of stars, a lot of you know NFL ready players. Um, I think he'll have success in the NFL, but I think I think the award should be going to Jaden Daniels. I mean, as a non-cornerback, he already is behind the eight ball, right? You have Devontae Smith, you have Desmond Howard, and Tim Brown, right? So yeah. The three in recent Yeah. Years. Yeah. That's tough. So this is pretty much, you know, you might as well call it the quarterback award. Yeah, they so, got to get away from that too. I mean, it's tough in college, but there are others. There are other deserving positions. It doesn't have to be this this quarterback thing, you know. Especially especially in a year where there was, you know, ups and downs all over the place. You know what I mean? Definitely. But you know, you don't have a game wrecking defensive player. You know, you don't have a stud running back. Yeah. You didn't even have. You didn't even have like a, a cover corner. So, you know, you kind of kind of have to take what is available to you and you know his his stats definitely shine brightly for for Marvin Harrison Jr. but you know when you're looking at the rest of it though and you're looking at the command that the court and the cachet of the quarterback position it just doesn't match up you know, it just doesn't add up. So, like, I get it, you know. I, I get it. But you're absolutely right. They, they do need to get away from the quarterback only. Much in the way the NFL needs to get rid of the quarterback, you know, the MVP being a quarterback-driven award. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Speaking of quarterbacks or lack thereof, <laughs> more garbage from the New York Jets. Not only <laughs> did they lose to the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, Tim Boyle played, if you call it that, got benched for Trevor Simeon, and played, you call it that. But no Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was seen on the sideline next to Aaron Rodgers, kind of smirking and shrugging his shoulders, saying like, these guys, really? Okay. So now rumors have swirled in the past few days that Zach Wilson told the Jets he didn't want to return for them next season. They didn't want to, he didn't want to finish this season under center when they called for him to start and well who's walking back comments now because guess who's starting on Sunday <laughs> guess who so Sala refuted the comments that Zach Wilson didn't want to play again and said that if that was the case, he wouldn't be on the Jets. Well, lo and behold, Zach Wilson is still on the Jets. He's clearly better than Boyle and Simeon. 
and Brett Rippin, who they just brought in because they cut Boyle. <laughs> just, you know, they, they lance the Boyle. They lance the Boyle. So, That's awesome. Will the Jets win another game this season? And should Zach Wilson go back in for the Jets this season? Yeah, I mean, a lot has happened the last 24 hours. Uh, like we were talking about in the production meeting, you know, yesterday the, the rumors were circling that Zach told the Jets he didn't want to he didn't want to play again for them, and then uh, Salah refuted those conversations, saying that Zach was just in his office and asking him for the football. And then Salah went on to say that he wasn't ready to give Zach another chance. And then today, after practice, they cut Tim Boyle, signed Rippy in, and. Zach's not only the starter for this weekend, but he's the starter for the rest of the season, according to Robert Sala. What is this Z? What does this guy got to do to get fired? Like, what what has to happen for Robert Sala to lose his job? Because defensively, they're not that good anymore, right? They're well, not. They have, they're exposed. They haven't been playing good defense. They lost to the Falcons, thirteen to eight. The Falcons in Desmond Ritter. Like, they lost. They got blowed out by the Dolphins. They got blowed out by the Bills. They got blowed out by the Chargers. So what does this man have to do in the next five games to lose his job? Does he have to, does he have to like, stab Woody Johnson? Or does he have to – what does he have to – does he have to pull an Antonio Brown, like, take off his, his sweater and run off the field without a shirt on? Like, what does this man have to do to lose his job? Because clearly he's not making decisions, okay? There's there's no way Robert Sala is making the decisions on who's playing for this football team. When on on Tuesday, you say you're not ready to give Zach the ball back, and on Wednesday, you cut Boyle, you sign Rippey, and named Zach the starter for the rest of the season. What the hell did he do in the practice on Wednesday, man? He must have lit it up. Is he just is just throwing darts everywhere? Like what? Like what is happening? As far as how many games they're gonna win, I mean th- this weekend's gonna probably be the worst game, right? Because this weekend they're gonna play the Texans with a true number two overall pick in Stroud. Okay, so that's gonna that that might lead to his termination when they die this weekend. Then they're gonna go to Miami to play the Dolphins, where Tariq Hill is attempting to get to 2,000 yards in the season, and he's going to need the Jets to help them out with that. They probably could win the Commanders game. They could win the Commanders game on Christmas Eve, I think. Um, The Browns game in Cleveland, that might be painful, because the Browns actually play really good defense. And the Patriot game in New England? Ah! I don't think if this if that's the last game Bill Belichick's going to coach the Patriots, he ain't losing to the Jets. Well, that becomes another issue too because if he doesn't lose, then they probably don't miss out on the number two overall pick. So that game is going to be intriguing for a multitude. Nobody of wants to win. <laughs> no, nobody. And the Cleveland Brown game is going to be interesting because who's under center for Cleveland? Well, Mr. Joe Flacco. And that wouldn't wouldn't it have been nice if Joe Flacco was here to take the beating instead of Zach Wilson, <laughs> a professional, a professional beating taker, a la Andy Dalton. 
Andrew. Andrew Dalton. Put respect on his name. Respect. Respect. Can the Jets... The Jets will do something stupid and go on, like, a two-game winning streak at the end of the year. Like, that's what they'll do. You know? Like, they have nothing to play for. They're absolutely toast. And then they'll win the last two or three games of the season. Right, because, because he, he can't, because it will he can't go winless, away. right? Because no. if he went winless, I mean, everybody loses their job, right? Yeah, but here's my thing. Nobody's losing a job until next season. At the end of next season. Because the moment Aaron Rodgers' leg exploded, this season was a wash. Regardless of result. Like, they got a pass. Both Douglas and Salah got a pass because the guy that they invested so heavily in and built the entire team around is gone in the blink of an eye in the, the flash of a light it's over Johnny it's over so now this season was about triage like how are we going to salvage this and the answer was we're not <laughs> we're not going to be better next year So the best thing you're going to do is hope for the best that Aaron Rodgers' surgically repaired leg is 100% and that this offensive line is improved because it's terrible and that Zach Wilson is nowhere near this team next year. And that... I just, but I just don't, Z, I just don't see it though. Like I just, listen, I think, I think he's a good quarterback, borderline great quarterback, but one player doesn't make the difference, right? Even Tom. Tom was Tom went to Tampa that was already loaded. Like they were loaded already. This team ain't loaded. This team is not loaded. They can't protect the quarterback. They can't call plays. they Zach Wilson fell. He tripped over his own feet running into the huddle two weeks ago. If that's not a metaphor for the season, I don't know what it is. And then laughed as he got up and ran back to the huddle. Oh God! But listen, if you're Zach, I mean, you don't want to you you don't want to play for these guys anymore, do you? No way. Here's one. Like, I'm are going. you like, are you coming down with COVID like on Sunday or Saturday? Like, is that your out? If I'm Zach, I'm trying to angle my way to Tampa Bay to back up Baker Mayfield, a guy who I feel like I'm similar skill set to. <laughs> a guy I think I'm better than. <laughs> I don't know. Very similar to. Very similar to. Now, I think a system like that would benefit him rather than trying to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, I just don't... I don't get it. I just don't get it. How does this guy get to play so much? How does Tim Boyle get fired? Like, if I'm him, I'm like, what the fuck did I do wrong? Why am I leaving? You're calling the plays. My question is, who told Tim Boyle that he was good enough in high school to try and pursue a college career because he was awful in college and then who filled his head and, and said, who Buddy. made this man a captain and, and, and who who told him that son you could have a future as an NFL quarterback <laughs> you think- who lied to this man <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if when he was when Zach Wilson is watching the game, like he's watching how bad Boyle is, watching how bad Trevor Simeon is. Like, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit, man. 
I mean, he at least went They're to gonna, That's. I think that's where this all came from, right? I think what happened was, you know, he got demoted to third. And I think he was whispering to Rogers or whispering to another teammate and be like, listen, they demoted me to third. They don't know what they're doing here. I ain't playing for this team anymore. Like, I think that's what happened. I think that's what happened. And then either somebody heard that or, or a player went to the media and said, that's what he said. And that's how this got all the way up to the chain. And then once he found out, it got the solid. He's like, ah, all right, let me go up there and ask him and tell him I want to play again. See if I can get my job back, you know, because that's the only thing I could think of. Like, because what if why would why would you want to go back in at this point? Like, well, why you you have to play nice, and here's why you're playing nice because all 31 other teams are watching it. But right? even if for the Jets, gone. like, why would you even play him? He could get hurt. <laughs> and then you really screwed this up. The Jets really have no reason to go back to him other than that there's nobody left. <laughs> there's nobody left. There's nobody left. Plain and simple, they're awful. They're, they're absolutely awful. There's nobody left. Meanwhile, the Browns Meanwhile, the Browns win games with P.J. Walker. Uh, the Bengals win games with Josh Browning. Right? Yeah. Jake Brown, Josh Dobbs Jake, in Minnesota. Jake Browning. Josh Dobbs is winning games in Minnesota, but Zach Wilson can't hit the open receiver <laughs> and runs in the wrong direction. And then, you know, like Coach Sala isn't doing himself any favors either. He's compounding his mess with the media because oh, he's, yeah. talk, he's, he's talking to Joe Beningo, and then Joe Beningo was leaking the texts. On Poor the job, but. Poor job by their PR department, I have to say, because they're not, they're either not prepping him before these calls or he ain't listening because he goes back on his word. Like, I don't believe anything he says anymore. You tell me one day that you not, you don't trust Zach anymore. And then the next day you name him the starter for the rest of the season, not Sunday. Like the Patriots haven't even named a quarterback for Sunday, but you're coming out and saying he's the quarterback the rest of the season. I don't know, My man. God, like the, the Patriots have their own issues. My you know, they, God, yeah. But, but another, you know yeah, what? But another... They're only they're only as loyal as your options. Think yeah, about I guess. This, right? And think about this, right? Yeah. At least Zach Wilson can hang his hat on the fact that he went to BYU. You know, Tim <laughs> Boyle went to UConn, right? So you have you have the immortal Dan Orlovsky and him. So nice. great. And then Trevor Simeon from Northwestern. What what do you need to? What more do you need to know? You've got two quarterbacks from colleges who have crap football team. Joe Flacco almost won a game last week as the quarterback of the Brown. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodie, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Moving on, another sinking ship. The Golden State Warriors are 3 and 7 in their last 10 and 9 and 11 on the season. They opted to bring in Chris Paul, your favorite player. Mm. Steph is 35. 
Draymond is a menace, and they did not sign Clay to an extension, even though they probably should have given him three years, 100 mil. Is it time to blow this team up, or is it too early to know what the Warriors are going to be this season? I mean, they're still averaging 115 points a game. Scoring is up in the NBA. Now, a lot of that is inflated because of the in-season tournament, where running up the score is not only encouraged, but part of the advancement. So... I think that is going to taper down a little bit and teams that, that don't have anything to play for aren't going to try and run up the score anymore because there's no reason to run up the score. Right? So, you know, Boston will sit their guys now. Milwaukee will sit their guys now. They're, the scoring will come down just because it has to. It's not sustainable. Chris Paul, by the way, leading the team in assists, you know, and... So take that for what it's worth. Seven, averaging 7.3 assists per game. That's really going well. And has yet to punch anybody in the nuts, as far as we know. It's, it, the season's young. I mean, Draymond has already come up with his suspension. He's probably due for another one. You kind of have to blow it up. You have to get... Yeah, I mean, there's no sure. Wiggins. There's no Wiggins. Clay looks completely lost. He looks frustrated. Steph can't, Steph can't do what he's been doing. Like it, it looks like it's starting to weigh, you know. So it was a mistake to rebuild on the fly when they tried with James Wiseman. Like they tried that that youth movement while maintaining their guys with Jordan Poole and James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga, and it didn't work. So. If things continue the way they are, where currently the Golden State Warriors are 9-11, and 11, by no means out of it. They're not in what we like to call Detroit Pistons land, but <laughs> they're not, you know, you have the Lakers, you have the Kings, you have the Suns. Those guys are head and shoulders above everybody. The Clippers are starting to figure it out. They're 9-10. and 10. So I don't know if the Warriors are up for this fight. Now, if I'm the GM, there's a certain team that needs a veteran presence and a shooter. A team that's on the bubble, that's on the come up, that could use a Clay Thompson. The Orlando Magic. I think that would be a good, I think it would behoove him I think it would behoove them to make that move and get out from under clay while you can get some pieces back and accelerate the process. Because if you're looking at it, I just don't see at this rate how they're going to proceed forward. Because there really, there really does not appear to be, it doesn't appear to be any advancements moving forward yeah i mean i'm i'm in the boat that this needs to get blown up you know i think teams start out bad they get good they become great then they're good and then they go bad again it's just a cycle you know they couldn't be good forever their style of play has been adapted and improved on by other teams 
they're not the team from 2015 or 2016 when they were just unstoppable. They're just, they're just, it's over. Clay doesn't shoot like that. He's not that player anymore. And then uh, what's his name? Uh, can't escapes right now. Wiggins. Wiggins hasn't turned out to be the player that they need him to be. Like the whole idea for Wiggins was him to come in and lock down the other team's best scorer, right? As it's like take the pressure off Clay so Clay could just focus on shooting. And he's not doing that. Like he's just he got his chip and he's he's just meh. Um, so yeah, I think they blow it up, and I think this is probably part of the reason why Bob Myers left. Right? He saw this was coming. The writing was on the wall. We're just not competing at a high level anymore, and nobody's and nobody's willing to just let this shit go. Like you know, they're just sticking around with it for too long. And there's a market for them. There's a market for every single one of them. And the the move is to keep Steph and get rid of everybody else. Like literally, get rid of everybody else. Like Steph has to have a phenomenal game for them to win games. And that's just not sustainable. Like he's just gonna get hurt, or it, it, it's just it's just gonna fall apart down the stretch. If you want to keep Chris Paul, keep Chris Paul. That's fine. But I think Draymond, move him. Uh, Clay, move him. Especially Clay. He's in the last year of the contract. Like let this, this, he's not coming back. Get something for him. You could move him to the 76ers. You could move him to the Knicks. You could move him to the Pelicans. You can just go to him and ask him where he wants to go. I think they've all earned that. They built that arena. All those guys yeah. built that arena. They earned the right to say, hey, guys, listen, it's not working. We're not going to win a championship this year. Have you seen the Milwaukee Bucks play? We're not going to We're not going to win a championship this year. <laughs> so where would you like to go? I will try to facilitate a trade to that location. And if I can't, you're still leaving. Everything will be done before the trade deadline. Don't wait to the trade deadline. There's no point in waiting. We've seen enough. I've seen enough. They're not. They're, they can't compete against the best the East has, and they can't p- compete against middle of the pack West teams. I mean, Sacramento is the biggest thorn in their side right now. Sacramento's got their number. Like they figured it out. You know what I mean? They figured it out. Like we're better than you. We're never gonna let you beat us in the playoff series again. We're taking the torch from you. It's a wrap. And we got to think about this too, right? We're 19 games in. There's a certain guard in Memphis who's going to be coming back from suspension soon. You don't think the Grizzlies are going to go on a heater once he comes back? Yeah. Like, I, sure. I think that yeah, John Morant is going to be the rising tide that floats that boat. But, I mean, the Warriors could hang around. The problem is they're a proud franchise. Are they settling for hanging around? You know? Because you're looking at the Rockets. The Rockets are young. Yeah. Are the Rockets going to be able to to do this? Seems like Udoka could really coach. Udoka's a good coach. He can't keep it in his pants, but he can coach. He can coach when he's coaching those guys up. He can definitely Pop taught him well. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Rockets because of their youth. And I'm looking at the Pelicans because of Zion. Like it hinges so much on his health that the Warriors could be in that playing tournament. But is that enough? Is that enough? Yes, you're in the playoffs, right? You make you make the playoffs as a seven or eight seed. Maybe you steal around, right? Because you're looking at currently. Because I mean, 
the cream will rise to the top. I believe the Nuggets will be at the top at the end of it. At, when all is said and done, at the end of the season, the Nuggets will be at the top because they're the man. So the Warriors, okay, you survive and you draw the seven seed. Now you got to play Minnesota or Oklahoma City in the first round. Minnesota, they might be able to take. Oklahoma City, I think they're too young. I think they're too fast. I think they're they're too good. If you're the eight seed, you're going to get smoked by the Nuggets. For a franchise that is, you know, running on championships, right? They're, they've, they've got many pelts on the wall. Is that something that excites them? At this point in time, the answer's got to be no. Like, what are we holding on for? Why are we going to do that? So, I would say blowing up is definitely the way to go. Now, what are you going to get back? And how long are you going to wait? Because if you get your guys out now, you'll cut in front of, let's say, the Bulls, for example. Because the Bulls want to move DeMar DeRozan, and they want to move Zach Levine. Are you going to be patient or are you going to be aggressive? What's going to get you the better package? With older players, I say you got to be aggressive because you never know, especially with a, a guy like Clay Thompson who has been injured before, a guy like, you know, Chris Paul who has been injured before, Draymond who's like a minute away from like putting somebody in a chokehold. Like, you got to err on the side of aggression here. And you already made a mistake by being a year too late, right? Bill Belichick always said, you'd rather be a year too early than a year too late when breaking a team down. And he's living by that now. But being too late has ultimately cost the Warriors. But you know who hasn't been... A victim of the too early than too late? The New York Rangers. The New York Rangers are equatorially hot. So we're going to talk a little hockey, and we are going to be biased. Just letting you know. The Rangers are H-O-double-T hot right now. 18-5 and to start the season. Now, they did go down to the Senators last night, 6-2. But, 18-5-1, still nothing to sneeze at. First in the Metropolitan Division, top of the top. Of the top. So, this begs the question. Are the Rangers an elite hockey team? I'm going to have to say yes. I think what they're doing qualifies them as elite. Uh, I think a lot of credit has to go to the structure, right? I would say the structure of the team um, and the coaching. And they're just getting it done on both ends. And there is a defiance in them to even when they're down to get back up and to stay in games that I haven't seen in years. And... I think we're in for an interesting season, and I do think they are an elite hockey team. 
This is the Peter Laviolette factor. You went from Gerard Gallant, who didn't really have his finger on the pulse of the team, too late to make changes, not really adjusting. Peter Laviolette understands this team. He's created this culture of physicality, this culture of grit. And there's a veteran presence on this team that is deep, right? You brought in Blake Wheeler. You brought in Tyler Pitlick. You brought in, you know, you brought in um, Gustafson on the, on the defensive end. You brought in Jonathan Quick. You know, as good as Georgiev was a couple of seasons ago, Jonathan Quick is better. Jonathan Quick has been playoff tested. He's got a thing we like to call a cup. He's been there. He's done that. You go back to the Vinny Trocek signing. You're creating a gritty, grit and skilled team. Like there's a, there's absolutely a mix. There's a blend there, and you're integrating the youth into that mixture of grit and skill. Lafreniere is having an amazing start. Panarin, an amazing start. Keandre Miller looks like a top four defenseman. Truba's Truba. Right? You have a good, mix of, a good mix of youth, a good mix of veteran presence. You have a coach that understands what it takes to get over the hump because he's done it. He's built it from the ground up everywhere he's gone. And the only thing I would be concerned about is the penalty kill. It's at 84.8%. It's okay. You got to be a little better than that. I would say it has to be a little bit better. But as far as as far as this team goes, you have to be, you have to be pleased with how things are progressing, right? You have, you have a really stellar season so far from Kreider. Another Do you think they need goals. another forward? Well, it depends. I mean, right now, you are relying. You're relying on Will Cooley and Jimmy Vesey and Blake Wheeler. Like they miss Philip Heedle. They need a center. Like I think you would need like a third line center, like kind of what Philip Heedle does. A guy who's going to a guy who is skilled, but also can go in and grind defensively, and who can go in, dump and chase, and go after the puck, and just be a nightmare down low. That guy, they already got rid of him twice. Tyler Mott. <laughs> How many times is this guy going to come back? Is the question. You know, Motter is, is really good. Um, they could use a little bit more punch, like a, maybe another winger to supplant a guy like a VZ or a Cooley in the lineup. They've been linked back to Vladimir Tarasenko, and when he was here outside of the playoffs, he 
played well as a ranger. Ottawa's not doing much of anything. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Vladimir Tarasenko back in the Rangers. Obviously, like Patrick Kane was something that somebody that they were monitoring, but he's in Detroit now. So I, I really don't I really don't think they need to get as splashy of an acquisition as a Tarasenko or as splashy as a Patrick Kane like they did last year. But for the right price, you bring in Tarasenko again, or you bring in, you know, a bottom three, a swing winger who can kind of play up on two, a good solid two-way player. I think that would be beneficial. And really, that's what, you know, that's going to be like those depth moves are what's going to take the team over the top. Because think back to 94. Now, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, it's 94. Yeah, of course, 94. But what was the move that really took the Rangers over the top and really cemented that team together? It was getting Matteau. It was getting Noonan. It was getting Steve Larmer. It cost you Tony Amante. Tony Amante was a really good player for a lot of years in the NHL. You had to give to get. But if you can get a veteran depth piece who's been there and done that, kind of like what the Penguins have done in the past, that is what's going to galvanize you. And I think that's what's going to like sustain this. Because they're going to level out. Like That's just how hockey is. You're not going to stay equatorially hot like this all year. It, it's impossible. It's too physical of a sport. So you're going to have to do what you got to do. But who would you target? I know that, uh, you know, pie in the sky, like everybody would want like Connor McDavid or something like that if he becomes available. But like who, you know, what are you looking at? If you're, if you're Chris Drury, are, you don't... Do you think you need that superstar or do you need just like some fill-in depth players? I just need some fill-in depth players. I think they could always use another forward, right? I don't mm-hmm. think it hurts them. Um, I was kind of disappointed they didn't go after Patrick Kane. I like Patrick Kane. I know he's coming back from a hip injury, but I liked him. I really like seeing him in the Ranger uniform. And it was unfortunate last year that he was playing hurt and he really couldn't contribute the way he wanted to. But I'm okay with sitting back and waiting to see how the chips fly for now. But I definitely think uh, a depth forward would go a long way for this team. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's definitely a a good way to go. And the other thing is health. You got to keep your guys healthy. You know, and that's been the bugaboo for the Rangers teams of the past. That they didn't have the depth to sustain major injuries. And that's really what sustains, that's really what keeps teams like the Bruins or team, teams like the Avalanche. That's what keeps them up near the top, is that they have the depth. And Drury's made really smart moves. He absolutely has made really smart moves. And, you know, who's to say that a guy like a Johnny Goodrow doesn't become available because Columbus is the drizzling shits. 
mm-hmm. it'll be hard not to pass it up. You know, it, it it would be due diligence to make a phone call. A splashy player isn't required, but that depth. There are plenty of guys on that team. There are plenty of professionals out there that you can find that can fill out a roster, right? And there are plenty of players out there who can fill a role and can sustain this and keep the Rangers afloat. But let's just sit back for now, take it in, let it wash over you. (laughs) Just let it, just let it wash, right? The New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, and the Vegas Golden Knights are the three best teams in the NHL. And if you had the Rangers in that conversation at the beginning of the season, I would have called you a liar. Because, yeah, no. So drink it in, let it wash over you, and let's just see where this ride takes Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The choice is yours. Swipe left or swipe right. boys and girls special edition of swipe left or swipe right because we're actually swiping on people much like online dating (laughs) if you like them you swipe right if you don't like them you swipe left swipe left or swipe right on alex verdugo as a yankee you know at first i was swiping left in this but i gotta swipe right I got to think that this is going to be a good move for them. Uh, It's a lefty bat. Uh, He's a solid player. He's got a little bit of an attitude problem, but I think he's going to fit in well with that lineup. He's going to play angry against Boston, which will make Yankee fans happy. And he's going to have to shave. So that should be interesting. He's got to shave. He's got to take the grills out. He's got to take the earrings out. I got a lot to get. You know, a lot's got to happen for Mr. Verdugo. But, I mean, he's entering his age 28 season. So he's entering the prime of his career. I got to swipe right on him as well. Short porch, lefty. What more do you need to say about that? He averaged with the Red Sox. So anywhere between 11 and 13 home runs per season. That's going to go way up 
with a short porch and right feet. You, I, you definitely could see him double. Maybe twenty-seven to thirty is well within the range, especially if the Juan Soto trade goes through. Right. Right. How do you construct this lineup? If you have Glaber one, Verdugo two, Soto three, Judge four, or you know, Judge three, Soto four, you're all of a sudden you're going to get really good pitches to hit because they don't want any part of Soho, Soto. They don't want any part of Judge. So all of a sudden, you're going to get primo pitches to hit. And when he's not playing like head up his ass baseball, which he has done from time to time, you know, not hustling, like really just playing wild baseball. He's a very good defender too. He is a spark plug. Now it's managing the spark. And I think Alex Cora kind of lost it. And I mean, I don't know if Aaron Boone can kind of contain Alex Verdugo. Maybe that's the job of Brad Ausmus. Maybe maybe that's why Brad Ausmus is here. But it, for what they gave up for him, this is a huge swipe right. Huge swipe right. Swipe left or swipe right. Number two, Jared Kelnick on the Atlanta Braves. Yes! Swiping right. Love it. Just got to get his strikeouts down. I'm optimistic that the Braves and their coaching staff can work with this kid and figure it out. But wouldn't it be the ultimate kick in the ass for this guy to, like, come back and haunt the Mets for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years? I mean, I think his window is more like a five-year window. Uh, But the Braves have a history of getting guys and being able to turn them around. I think they did a good job with Ankiel. They did a good job with Azuna. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. For, for a bag of beans, too. Yeah, I mean, you you had to take on Marco Gonzalez's contract, but then you flip him to the Pirates for cash. So, yeah. realistically, like, I mean, it's a shrewd move. It was a very shrewd move by two shrewd GMs. But from a pure performance standpoint, you have to swipe left. I'm not a fan. Like I haven't seen <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything that is like, wow. You know, and this is you know it, it's very This is all much... for the upside though, Z. It's for the upside. We're looking we're looking to get the best out of this kid. That's what we're looking for here. That's now. the only thing you can hope for. I mean, it's, it's on the upside. We're betting on the upside. Now, in Truist Park, where the ball flies out compared to T-Mobile, or whatever they're calling Safeco these days. (laughs) Whatever it's called. Whatever. Whoever bought the naming rights this go-around. Truist, that that ballpark is a launching pad. So, another guy whose home run totals can skyrocket. What's the rest of his line going to look like? Is the question. And how long before he's in Gwinnett pouting because he's not on the major league roster? Because 
that's what he's demonstrated at the big league level. He's a good powder. He's a good powder, and he's streaky. So he'll go on a hot streak, then he'll go on an equatorially cold streak, <laughs> right? He'll he'll be hot, and then he'll be glacially cold, and he'll be back in Gwinnett pouting that he didn't get his opportunity. Sounds like a Met already. Sounds like a Met. The Mets won that trade. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Met, I can't believe I'm saying it's Brody Van Wagner. All as of to, as of today. As of today, and you know what? I'll take the I'll take the elite closer. I'll I'll take Edwin Diaz. It didn't start off well, but it's ending well. Kelnick, the good thing about Jared Kelnick is he's 23. Plenty of time. There's plenty of time for him to grow. But right now, I'm swiping left. I just I haven't seen I haven't seen enough promise to warrant it. Swipe left or swipe right on Shohei Otani to the Blue Jays. Oh, swiping left. I have to imagine that these meetings with Toronto are just to drive the price up. I can't imagine this guy with all the choices he have he has going to Toronto. Like I just I can't I can't see it. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I can't see it. And yeah, I mean, kudos for them for even getting to have a conversation with them. All right, so this because Shohei Otani is such a unicorn, right? And he's so different than everybody else. You kind of have to parse him into players, right? As Shohei Otani, the hitter, I'm swiping right. Hmm. That lineup, you stick him in there with Bo Bichette and Vladdy G. George Springer, that ballpark, the ball flies. He's gonna, he would have a very good, a very good resurgence, right? He'll be just fine. Shohei Otani, the pitcher, I'm swiping left on Toronto. I want no part of that ballpark for the exact same reason that I want it all as a hitter. Right, that roof makes a difference. It is a launching pad when that roof is open, and I can definitely, like, I can definitely see him not being happy about that. So you split the difference, right? Next year he's just a hitter. You sign a one-year deal. If you're Otani, kind of rehab up a little bit, hit the market again. What do you think about something like that? Would do, do you think a short-term deal like that would be possible, and then kind of hit the market again and see if you can cash in because you're you're going to be 100% healthy from your uh, surgery? Mm, you're saying it like in. In my point of view, as like his agent, as him, in what retrospect? As as the agent, as the agent. Nah. Right? If you're, going, you're going into these meetings, and you you're nah. seeing that these teams have concerns. Nah, because I can get somebody to give me the. I can get the. I can get the Dodgers to pay me. Like that's the way I look at it. Like if I'm his agent, I'm, that's what I'm telling him. I'm telling him we're signing with the Dodgers. 
unless you want to play somewhere else for less money. But if you want to win, you want to make money, you want to be closer to home, LA is the way to go. Now, if I was him, I'd probably want to be a giant. I want to play for the Giants. I don't want to play for the Dodgers. Dodgers already got stars. You don't need me. I'm just going to be another guy. Bad between Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. If I go to the Giants and the Giants are like, hey, man, we want to build around you. Um, we, we don't want, we don't need you to close. We want you to close games. We don't want you to be a starter here. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could get on board with that. I could hit the ball into the water. That'd be fun. You know, that's, that's me. That's what I would do if I was him. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it, it seems to me like West Coast is the way for him to go. Yeah. yeah I, really I, let the, I let the East Coast boys, like, you know, the only, if I was saying the only other, this might sound weird to you, but the only other, outside of the Giants, outside of the Giants and the Dodgers, right? Mm-hmm. The only other team that I would entertain would be the Rangers. Because they just really, won. I'd entertain yeah. them. But here's because the thing. They just won. They just here's... won, and they won with garbage. They won with garbage. Uh, yeah, but you know what? And I would think that, and for me, I think Corey Seager is probably the best player in the league right now, or playing like it. He's playing like the best shortstop in the league. He's he's a top 10 player. I'm like, all right, they got Corey Seager. They've got Marcus Simeon. They've got a decent starting rotation. DeGrom is supposed to come back. I could close here. I could get paid here. I could build a fortune here. I'm going to win here. We're going to win. Like, you know, they won They won without me, so they're going to win with me. You know, that's the only other wrinkle that would be in my cap right now is I would listen intently to the Ranger meetings on what they're thinking and how they're, you know, how they're seeing it play out. See, I don't know. For the same reason that you're not sold on the Dodgers, I am not sold on the Rangers. Like, you'd be just another guy on that team. Like, as good but am as I really? Are, like, I don't. They don't have. I mean, yeah. I think I don't. I I think I'd be a bigger star than Simeon is. I'm bigger than here's, Simeon. Here's the thing. I'm not he's bigger shutting... than. I'm not bigger than Seager. I'm definitely not bigger than Seager because he's got two rings and an MVP. We got two MVPs, right? He's the MVP of this last one too. Yep. He's yeah, the... so, yeah, so I'm not I'm not bigger than Seager, but I'm bigger than Simeon, and I'm bigger than Degrom, and I'm bigger than you know all the all their pitchers. Um, but if I go to LA, I'm just another star, man. And they're, they're I'm just another guy. Like they got Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Like you can put me between those guys. It doesn't matter what I do, or you know. No, that's true. Now he they are playing coy though. They are definitely like. They're trying to keep things very close to the vest, and they want no leaks, and teams are leaking left and right. Now, when it, when you boil it down, when you come right down to it, money's going to talk. Yeah. So I don't think that he's going to be. They're going to be penalizing. Nah. Like the Dodgers for leaking or the Blue Jays for leaking. Nah. I don't know. At, at, at this point, whoever wherever the check clears, so. You're it drives at, the price up. It drives the price up. Now, you're looking... I mean... I still think the Orioles would be a very intriguing move. Now, 
long term, yeah, you'll have him in the rotation. Like as as like like, are you Otani? Are you the agent? Like, why? What, what's making you say it's intriguing? Or just as an analyst, you just looking at this? I'm just looking at it as an, from an analyst. analyst oh, analyst. okay. Yeah, I guess it's a so. good a good young team. Mm-hmm. That ballpark with Otani, right? Mm-hmm. He's hitting 35 bombs, 40, 50. He can. He will be consistently over 50 in that ballpark. Uh-huh. You want to live in Baltimore, though? You don't how, do you sell, how do you sell Baltimore? How do you sell Baltimore to him? It's small. It's quiet. It's everything you said you wanted when you came to the States. Mm. Right? You didn't want the media eye. That's why you didn't sign in the Bronx. You didn't want that. That's why you didn't sign with the Dodgers. That's why you picked Anaheim, California. (laughs) That's why you picked that, in case you didn't know. In case you forgot. That's what you wanted. So, they're young. They're good. And I think that they're under the radar enough that I'm not gonna, like, I'm gonna be able to live a comfortable life. And I'll be fine with that. I mean, it's not like he's going to end up in Tampa Bay, right? He's not, they're never going to pay. Now, Florida and Texas make sense because of the no state income tax. But the Marlins would never pay and the Rays would never pay. So that leaves you with the the Astros and that leaves you with the Rangers. That would be hilarious if he ends up in the Astros. That would be awesome for all the wrong reasons. It's like, dude, what the fuck? But specifically for the Blue Jays, man, I, I, I don't see a complete fit because he's going to get back on the mound. If he was just hitting, I'd be all for it. But yeah, I, north of the border, I'm swiping left in that instance. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. How it goes. We put them in your vote. And the winner of said vote. And a shout out on this here show. And... Do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week, Dean? I don't. Carolina Panthers. Still. Studs. Fantastic. Absolute studs. 
studs. We cannot get rid of them. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Legend Superstar D? All right. First up, I've got the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, the whole team. 14-game losing streak, 3-16 and record on the season. So much for having Wembanyama. So much for having the first pick. So much for a playoff berth. San Antonio Spurs, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Robert Sala. Going to keep voting him until he wins it. Yesterday, you were not ready to name Zach Wilson the starter, and today you are. <laughs> Amazing. What does this guy do in practice? That's what I want to know. The Jets are a circus. The Jets are a joke. The Jets are garbage. Robert Sala, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Patrick Mahomes. What? Patrick Mahomes. This season, 667 win percentage, 2.2 touchdown interception ratio, 95 passer rating, only 10.4 yards per completion. Z, even you could do that. And only one game-winning drive. Those sound like Tommy DeVito numbers, bruh. Patrick Mahomes, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? My only question is, does Mom and Mahomes make good chicken cutlets? That's a negative. That's probably a negative. Tommy Cutlets, baby. Tom, I, I saw that. Sh- I saw that shirt. I'm very tempted to get one. But, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to hold off just a wee bit longer. I'm going to start with the NCAA. Florida State did everything you asked them to do. Went undefeated. Ran the table. Beat Louisville. Won the ACC title. I just kidding. No, no, no. We're going to put in one loss Alabama ahead of you because... Alabama. Alabama. Why? Because, oh, you're... Your quarterback is hurt. So, zero losses, one loss. Last time I checked, one is more than zero. Undefeated is undefeated. And the NCAA punted on this because they didn't want to see a potential blowout. That's what sports are for. You're really underestimating the fact that Florida State can go and win this game. NCAA, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Joe Beningo, formerly of WFAN, an occasional guest on WFAN. Now, podcast host, like all of us. Leaking texts between you and Robert Sala. Reading them on air. Paraphrasing them on air. That is a breach. Now, I know that, you know, this has been a major, like, story the past few days. And, like, who's a, you know, a super fan? And what what is what exactly is Joe Beningo? First and foremost, you had a radio show? You have a podcast? You're media, bro. So you crossed the line there. One, in not going on or off the record, right? Not 
making this known to Sala, would he have? Would Sala have said the same things if he had thought he was on the record? And number two, that's a breach. You don't share a private conversation or a conversation with the expectation of privacy on the fucking radio. <laughs> on the radio. Not just like I told my friend and then he told somebody else. You were on the fucking radio on Tiki and Evan. You were on a major market afternoon drive time radio station. What did you think was going to happen? Joe Beningo, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Jamal Adams. Going after a reporter and his fiance because he criticized your play. So the reporter commented, yikes, on X after Jamal Adams gave up the go-ahead touchdown pass in the Cowboy game. Adams, in turn, posts a picture of the reporter. Oh, it's his wife. Adams reposts a picture of the reporter and his wife (laughs) along with the comment yikes bro what are you doing that's awesome and then the comeback is well you go oh you go low I go lower yeah no absolutely not what the hell are you doing that's a that is way out of bounds. And you know what? I mean, I, I think the reporter's wife earned a free shot. Like that's that's really uncalled for. You didn't need to bring her into it. There was absolutely no reason for you to go there. Jamal Adams, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then a bonus because of the there is the ongoing saga of one Mr. Josh Giddy. Allegedly, we don't know. It's still working its way out. Allegedly, Mr. Giddy has had a relationship with an underage girl. Ooh. Yeah. So, he is now 21. At the time, he claims that she said she was 19 when she was actually 15. Mm. So, it is... It is unseemly, to say the least. The NBA is investigating it. Josh Giddy is going through the process. Gloria Allred, I believe, is is representing the defendant in this, the accusing, I should say. And we will see how this plays out. But. This is not a good look for Josh Giddy. This is not a good look for the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is not a good look for the NBA. It is 
a bad look all the way around. Josh Giddy. we're going to see how this plays out. You may be the alleged superstar of the week for a very long time. I think we said our piece. Go to our X account at DNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been The Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.